Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. I am the Reverend Ben DeHart, and I am joined, as always, by the Reverend Nick Kamiski. Nick, what's going on? <laughs> Thank you for that dramatic introduction. Uh, <laughs> no, things are going good. Things are going well. I'm enjoying Advent. I'm enjoying the change of season, and um, yeah, we're. I have. I have no real complaints. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. You know, it's uh, Christmas is almost here. Not here yet. Uh, the lights are shining in New York City, uh, despite there being no tourists. All of the, you know, the windows and Macy's and all over are full of amazing, you know, Christmas tide stuff. So it feels good here, even though it still feels empty and weird. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of Christmas decorations. In Advent, where are you on the spectrum? Like, where are you on the Advent cop <laughs> spectrum? You know, the you know the types of people who are like you typically wear collars on Sunday mornings who get very animated by people not celebrating Christmas before December twenty fourth. I, I feel my, like you got a, you got a little bit of that in you. I, I do. I, I I but I think my Advent observance is much like the observance of my Christian life. I talk a big game, but I do next to nothing <laughs> meaning i've got a tree i've been listening to music it's been awesome but i feel conflicted yeah i had this funny uh like thing happen like it just shows how like meaningful and always imperfect our pastoral work is at the beginning of advent there are a lot of folks from my church I hope some of them might be listening to this like <laughs> I posting hope. posting a bunch of photos of like like it'd be like you know a shot of like an advent devotional an advent candle and then like a huge christmas tree and a bunch of presents <laughs> and like the, the caption be like i'm so excited to start celebrating advent or something it was like you know it's so cool that they're really animated by advent in in the season um but you know there's it's not always perfectly consistent <laughs> but that's okay better than nothing you know they meant to crop nothing. that out but it, yeah it, it yeah it's way through <laughs> Well, dude. All right. So we're going to, we're going to kind of keep this tradition, the unrelated uh, segment at the outset. What do you got for us, man? What's been going on? What's been causing you to smile, dimple your cheeks? <laughs> Give me something. So I visited my brother, sister-in-law, my two nephews, super cute, super good time. Um, but my, so my brother got the brand new Xbox system. I'm not even sure what it's called. Um, how do you, how do you get it? He, so he like knows someone at a video game store, like, you know, he, he figured Bro. out a way. He has got You got to get him on the vaccine hunt next and then give me a call when he gets some Moderna. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I haven't really been a gamer since like Nintendo 64, but we played this UFC, uh, you know, martial arts fighting game and we played for hours. I was so hooked. I was Conor McGregor. It was awesome. But the problem is my sister-in-law who despises the fact that my brother loves video games was 
just hating every second of it. And usually I'm like that kind of guy who picks up on the energy in the room and I'm like, ah, okay, man, like I want peace. I don't like confrontation. Let's turn this thing off. But I was so into it. Alex was so into it that we were not turning that thing off. She got pretty pissed. Uh, all in all, it was a good time, but uh, I left. It got a little dicey. Where uh, is it like in the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter? Family? No, no, it's uh, like UFC, like the, I mean, I don't even no, know. I know what UFC is, but like, oh. are, is, it, is it just two uh, beasts fighting each other over, like, is that the game? Well, so, I mean, with these new consoles, man, it is, I mean, you, I had to learn so many different button combinations on the controller, but once you kind of got the hang of it, and my brother was just crushing it, like, we would have fought each other, I would have been dead. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's almost like, got complicated like chess i was like "Ooh, what is what do i do and like you remember when we played video games when it was young when we were younger it was like oh this guy is like a 90 percent level and that just meant he was like really hard to beat well this it's like well this guy is weak against kicks to the head or like you know this oh, guy's a so good grappler. strategy involved so, yeah very, so wait, it was you two uh we should stop talking about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay that's cool um uh, well guys yeah um my brother like my brother uh, maybe i'll just tell this story i was hanging out with my brother uh a little while ago and he he's been trying to get this xbox thing and he did this like he was explaining to me that you can get it's not that hard if you know like the three or four times a day when xbox the uh website like updates their inventory like it's easy to get one in your cart but it's nearly impossible to like actually purchase it once it's in your cart. Huh. So what my brother did is downloaded this like auto click bot that just clicks on a place on the, on your computer every millisecond because you just have to click, 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 click. And then whether someone cancels or there is some updated inventory thing, you can actually secure the purchase. Right? So he downloaded this auto click bot and left his computer on for 40 hours <laughs> and it was just clicking the purchase button every millisecond for 40 hours but what Isn't do you do like what if it what if you buy like 40 of them well no because once you buy one it just completes it like oh, completes the purchase okay, okay. yeah there's a good okay. silver illustration mm. in there somewhere somewhere it sounds like injustice yeah. to me but maybe <laughs> maybe all That's right, cool, well, let's man. get to the actual colic. Um, we are at the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, this colic, uh, on first reading, I was like, uh, this is a throwaway colic. It's pretty short. But as I dove into it further, and as Nick, I'm sure, will give us some really educated thoughts on it, it's, it's actually a great one. And really, as we've kind of talked about earlier, uh, puts the agency on God and less so on us. So let's pray. It goes like this. Purify our conscience, almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, Nick, take it away. Yeah, well, I, I, I like, I appreciate what you said. I mean, it, it, there is, on first reading, it doesn't jump out with like a ton of gospel uh just if i'm being completely honest and i definitely had the experience when i was as i was reading meditating on the colic praying the colic thinking about what's really indeed asking for here i was reminded how how much our kind of theological 
not like formal presuppositions, but just how our theological reflexes shape how we understand and interpret what's going on here. Because I've, you know, I've been praying this collect for 15 years on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And I typically have thought of it as primarily something that we're asking God to do, like the, um, the mansion prepared for himself, purify our conscience, your daily visitation, as that taking place in a pure, like internal, more spiritual sense. But as I thought more about it, and especially around that word visitation, what, what does it mean when we say that God visits us daily? And again, I think my first reading was like, I guess that refers to some mysterious kind of incorporeal Holy Spirit level like presence. But the more I thought about it, I actually think what we're, what we're being reminded of here is what we hear on what we heard on Christ the King Sunday with the parable of the sheep and the goats, that God visits us every single day in the form of our neighbor, and especially the form of our neighbors who have find them, found themselves on hard times or that find themselves on the margin for one reason or another. And so in some sense, I think what we're asking for here is for God to be present in our life and in our mind and soul to purify our conscience in such a way that we would begin to recognize and not just recognize, but act as if Jesus really does visit us every single day in the form of our neighbors who, who are in need. Uh, so we're at, we're, the agency is on God, like you said, we're asking God to kind of birth in us a capacity and an ability to care for, clothe, feed, visit those people around us who are in need. So visitation there really refers to God appearing, visiting in the form of our neighbor, less a kind of a bodiless spiritual thing. What do you, what do you think about that? Is that, yeah, is that no, that's, water? That's really interesting. I, I mean, yeah, I think I am like you on first reading this text, it sounds like this is, you know, the agency is on God, but if we have some kind of say or some kind of agency at all, the daily visitation would be like your, your daily quiet time, your daily prayer or something like that. And yeah, no, I, I, I like that you take it, that your reading takes this out of merely a, it's, this is about me and my self-reflection and makes us look outward. Yeah, what does it mean that God daily visits us? We well, believe I mean, God is, again. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think what we're in some ways supposed to have in mind here is, well, I don't know if we're supposed to. What I have in mind is the Christmas story and Mary and Joseph, there's no room for them in the end, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but there are some people, and, you know, think about the shepherds, really, who, who were so radically hospitable in the way that they, like, flocked to the the holy family and even the kings you know the the wise men from the east who came and they recognized in this very ordinary human act you know a teenage uh, unwed woman giving birth to a child something mysterious and divine happening uh and yeah so i think what we're i think we're if if god is purifying our conscience what that results in is a life that's maybe not altogether different than the shepherds who like were willing to be arrested and um uh you know change their plans i guess you might say Mm -hmm. because of what was happening you know right in front of them um Hmm. yeah to being being seized by this god and i yeah, yeah that that language of that you may find a mansion prepared 
for yourself or himself. But yeah, I mean, I think so often I'm not very open to the work of God, the work of the spirit in my life. I, I really need this, you know, the Kalak uses the word almighty God. God, the all-powerful one, is the one who can purify our conscience. And indeed, like this often occurs not through, you know, my self-analysis or self-reflection, maybe sometimes, but more often than not, God speaks through my neighbor who comes into my life, who visits me in the form of maybe even someone I'd rather, on the streets of New York, I'd rather walk far away from because they're homeless or they, you know, they're a little crazy or something like that. And, and so often the Lord reaches us in those spots. And I'm reminded, I'm reading through Fleming Rutledge's Advent book, and she talks about how she went to Grand Central years ago and Grand Central was full of homeless people and how she decided I'm going to buy a sandwich for, uh, for a homeless person and just give it to them. And so she buys the sandwich and she offers it to the first homeless person. And that person's like, I don't want it. And then she offers it to four more and none of them want it. She feels terrible. Her, her first reaction is like, you know what? These people suck. <laughs> like, um, they're the worst. I'm just never going to do anything like this again. Till like this random homeless person pops up and is like, well, I'll take the sandwich. And then she realized as she was leaving that place that, I'm not, I think that that homeless person gave a gift to me. It was like kind of the other way around. I was, in the words of this collect, visited by God in the form of this homeless person. I thought I was doing this like altruistic, really nice thing. Really, it's like, you know, I spent $5 on a sandwich. I was humiliated. I was like, cast you out forever. And this person saved me from closing off my heart to meeting God in a lowly person. And in fact, you know, it was this person who gave me a gift and created space, something like akin to a mansion in her. And I, yeah, I think that kind of bodes well with what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic illustration. I think, I think our listeners, listeners should start a drinking game where they have to take a drink every time you mention Fleming Rutledge. I feel like that would, uh, that would definitely spice up their experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I, part of the way that I came to this for me, new reading of the collect, um, was not just my own ingenuity. It was a reflection by Dorothy Day, um, that I think, I think Dorothy Day means a lot to you. There's a picture of her behind you that I'm looking at right now on my computer screen. Yeah. Um, and there's, I, I, there's a fantastic, you probably know of this devotional watch for the light hmm. readings for Advent and Christmas. It's a, it's, it's very good. And there's a reading, um, that, I think we'll be very close to, I think it actually is the, the day before the fourth Sunday of Advent this year, December 19th. And uh, here's what she says. It is no use saying that we are born 2000 years too late to give room to Christ. Nor will those who live at the end of the world have been born too late. Christ is always with us, always asking for room in our hearts. Let's pause right there. I think now again, I'm not trying to be polemical, but in the pietistic waters that I swim in, this the notion of making room for Christ is always this internal, oh, I need more margin. I need to start saying no to more things. I need more quiet, more rhythm. It's like it's very individualized and privatized and exclusively mm -hmm. internal, right? But that's not where Dorothy Day takes it to continue. But now it is with the voice of our contemporaries that Christ speaks. 
with the eyes of store clerks, factory workers, and children that he gazes, with the hands of office workers, slum dwellers, and suburban housewives that he gives. It is with the feet of soldiers and tramps that he walks, and with the heart of anyone in need that he longs for shelter. And giving shelter or food to anyone who asks for it or needs it is giving room to Christ. So I think this idea, well, how do I, I want to make more room for Christ to be born in my heart or something. It's like, well, just be radically available to people as they are in need in your daily life. It's pretty simple. You know, it doesn't take withdrawal or saying no. It's like a a posture of availability and openness to interruptions. Um, I think that's, you know, when God is purifying our conscience, removing the dross away from our ability to to think rightly, um, I think it takes that form. And yeah, that that sounds like life. And I'm so afraid that I'm going to leave talking with you here right now, and I'm going to feel good about walking into the streets of New York, being open to people, maybe being open to that person who asked me for money or asked me for this or that. But then I'm going to talk to him and have Fleming's reaction and be like, I'm done with this. Um, So yeah, I think that's why I really like the language of these prayers that, yes, we are given something to do, but there's also that, Lord, you need to purify me so that I am open to your daily visitation in the form of my neighbor and that a mansion is prepared in me, that I am open to you as you come in the last day. Yeah, I mean, this is a... This is not a call to action. This is a prayer. <laughs> and I think that that presupposes that um, it takes the, the enabling power of God to make any good work possible. So let's, let's close with, by praying it again. Purify our conscience, almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your son Jesus Christ at his coming may find in us a mansion prepared for himself who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. How about that episode of Our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.